Hey, everybody. Welcome once again to the Football Fandemic. Back for the first week recap. Heading into week two of this 17-week season that is the NFL. We're glad you could join us. Stick around. Oh, that's right, guys. We are back. We actually didn't get to make a show last week in order to make our, our first week picks. I was I was kind of bummed. I didn't realize it and schedules and, and all that kind of stuff. So we are still going to be doing 16 weeks of voting uh, in our fantasy league and then uh, talking about the games. Um, so we're lucky we had that one extra week to get ourselves in order. But uh, it's good to see Brandon Colmark and Joshua Haupt here with me today. I'm Matthew Thomas, and we're going to start off with some breaking news. Uh, and we're going to let uh, Josh kick us off with breaking news today. Josh, what do we have in the NFL? Um, well, most surprising breaking news I found a couple, day ago, a couple days ago was after Jalen Hurts' Jalen Hurt's performance against the uh, Falcons, mm-hmm. His jersey sales went up five hundred percent. Five hundred percent. That's that is awesome. Yeah. And you know what? He played well enough in at least one game to warrant that. Let's see if it continues, right? But that was a good game, and they they beat um, Falcons. Yeah, yeah, like, really well. And I, I I was surprised by that game too because I like I'm always a homer for the Falcons. I don't know why, but like I always expect them to do good because Matt Ryan's always consistent with his numbers and he has an offense. I just don't think the the defense there to uh, the defense is there to like to support him. Boy, that that Falcons team—they looked all out of shape this this last week. Uh, I I did expect a little more from them, but it looks like it could be another one of those years where the Falcons are the bottom echelon of the NFL. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to uh, continue on with uh, another team in the NFC. I want to talk about the San Francisco 49ers. Kyle Shanahan taking over injury curse, uh, as we've seen over these past couple of years. Kyle Shanahan really plays his players. And a lot of times they get injured. Uh, the most notable to us being all involved with Eastern Illinois University in some way is Jimmy Garoppolo, who is our quarterback for a number of years there and mm-hmm. holds all of our quarterback records. Now, this injury is not about him. He was injured last season, which is why we followed him so much. But his running back, Raheem Mostert, was ruled out for the season with his knee injury. And that's bad. But can you say they have the curse when the Detroit, I mean, uh, the Baltimore Ravens lost? What was it? Four running backs? Three of them. Yeah. The three. Hey, they, they still have Lamar Jackson. As far as I'm concerned, <laughs> you got a running back at quarterback. You are good. But they also have Le'Veon Bell, right? And then they, they signed yeah, um, a couple other backs as well. Murray, yeah. yeah. I really thought they might come after Marlon Mack from the Colts. And if they would have come with the right price, I would have been like, okay with that. Because we have so many backs on our team that they all can't get a share of the ball anyway. So One more injury. I'm going to hop into the AFC really quick with the New York Jets. Their young left tackle, who's kind of a rising star in the NFL on the left side of that offensive line, Mekhi Becton, suffered a knee injury in the third quarter against Carolina. Mm. Uh, I'm not too familiar with how he's going to be for the rest of the season, but I'm assuming it's going to take quite a while before he sees the field again. I really hate to see injuries in the preseason in week one, these these people have been getting ready and and the team has been gelling trying to figure out their identity together and then all of a sudden one major component gets like yanked out sometimes that works out for the better you know somebody steps up that you had no idea and becomes like a star sometimes the team just falters through the hole they flop around like a, a dead fish through the whole season trying to figure it out it's just really sad i'll tell you what let's look at some of these week one games let's look and talk about like some of what was exciting and what was surprising about week one i think i'm going to start and it's just it's got to be said and i am i am so sorry brandon colmark but i think everybody everybody was completely flabbergasted by the week one drubbing of the green bay packers by the New Orleans Saints. Uh, I don't think anybody expected that to look like it did. I mean, even if they lost, we thought, well, first of all, I think everybody thought New Orleans Saints is, they don't have Michael Thomas. You know, they don't have some other people. Drew Brees is gone. They're not going to be very good at all. They're going to they're gonna have three points at the end of this game to 30, whatever. To see it turn out like it did was, uh, I watched that game and I just kept watching that game. And I'm like, my goodness, who are these New Orleans Saints? Is it just that they're so good or did this whole off season with Aaron Rodgers and then getting back, did, did that have some effect? 
what in the world's going on, Brandon? Yeah, I'm not sure the total effects on how the offseason played out. Obviously, no matter how the game turned out, if we would have won or we would have lost, there was always going to be speculation one way or another based off of Aaron Rodgers' offseason. Mm-hmm. If if it was the other way around and Green Bay would have won 38-3, to then everyone would be like, oh, well, Aaron made the right choice. and He did what he had to. And then he comes out, and, and to me personally, I felt like Aaron just never got in a groove. He looked like he was playing 2018 Aaron Rodgers when – he led the Packers to six, nine, and one. Mike McCarthy was fired during that season. Mm-hmm. He he obviously did something when Matt LaFleur came in, improved a little bit more schematically, which is another thing the Green Bay Packers never got into. Matt LaFleur said that at halftime. They never really got into their game plan. They were just trying to do basic things. And that's where a lot of fans, this is kind of getting into my Homer highlights, but that's okay. That, that's where a lot of fans had said, well, this is why you need to play people during the preseason. Mm-hmm. And you can mm-hmm. go back and forth on that. I personally don't think that 15 snaps for Aaron Rodgers in the preseason wouldn't have mattered or for Devontae Adams or anyone. Uh, I, I think the more beneficial thing would have been if given the opportunity, more scrimmages against other teams uh, in a, a bit of a safer environment than a, a preseason game. We did have a scrimmage against the New York Jets that went pretty well. Uh, according to reports, it looked like a 13-3 and team was playing a team that got the second overall pick. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I was kind of disappointed to see week one results look like that, uh, losing in the biggest manner the Packers have in a very long time. Uh, I I don't think this is going to be the Green Bay Packers all season. I honestly will say that. Now, if we have maybe four of these games by week 12 where we've just looked awful, I'll say, yeah, I think it's time for some some change up and stuff. But I'm just going to say this was week one. I think the Packers mentally are going to be better and ready to go Monday night football against the Detroit Lions at Green Bay. And I'll just continue to continue to track all of this information and see what this Packers team really is this season. It's going to be interesting. I mean, uh, we do also have to see what this New Orleans team is because I'm not going to lie, their defense, were, they were sticking to all the receivers. Aaron didn't have a lot of opportunity. It wasn't just Aaron, um, but there was an amazing defense out there. And Jameis Winston, uh, he was letting it rip, uh, at least on that last throw, man, he let it rip. Yeah, he had, he had some really good throws. All of his big-time throws that he made – Take note, it was against Kevin King. <laughs> Kevin King. And every Packers fan, we all have this little bias against Kevin King for letting up big plays, as we've seen so many times throughout the past season. And then the Packers signed him because they weren't exactly sure what the future at that corner position was going to look like. I think, personally, Eric Stokes was on the field for one play. One play. He was our... Our, he's our rookie corner. I'm not sold on rookies ever in their rookie season mm-hmm. because they're still learning. They're still adapting. He had one play where he caught up to his receiver he was covering and had an amazing pass breakup. That's better than I've ever seen Kevin King ever play. So I, in this case, I would put a rookie out there above of, above Kevin King. First off, he's faster than Kevin King. He can keep up with some of these other receivers Kevin King, every time he gives up a play, his torso is at the sideline and not the center of the field. He has his back to the receiver. And so he's never able to catch up. It's some of those fundamental things I think Eric Stokes is better at and will fit this position better for the Packers' defense going forward. And I'm sure we'll see that halfway through the season, that switch actually happen. I don't think it should take that long, but realistically, I think it will take that long. And I do have another question out of blowing things way out of proportion. We've seen a few times, two times in NFL history, a team go from a Hall of Fame quarterback to a Hall of Fame quarterback overlapping each other. We saw it first with Montana and Steve Young. Then we saw it with Favre and Rogers. Mm -hmm. Well, Rogers will be a Hall of Famer, not yet. Mm -hmm. And are we going to see that with Drew Brees and Jameis Winston? I saw that floating around Twitter that if Jameis keeps this up, and he looks pretty good, and he's accurate. This LASIK Jameis, you think he can get in the Hall of Fame? I think more than LASIK, I think it's Sean Payton. I think Sean Payton yeah. works a system so well. I think he's, I mean, I don't I want to say he's underrated because I don't think anybody thinks he's a bad coach. But I think you forget. You get the, you know, start talking about who's great coaches, and you think Belichick right away. Uh, and it's easy to forget just how well Sean Payton 
puts his quarterbacks in a position to succeed. And, you know, there's, they're just now starting to talk, okay, was all of that success Drew Brees or was all that success Sean Payton? And if we see Jameis like really continue to go, you're going to have to start saying, yeah, Sean Payton probably had a big part in that. I mean, even though Brees was so good, if Jameis Winston starts to look that good, uh, and I think uh, I think he will be very good in that position in that place. Yeah, I think. And correct me if I'm wrong here, but I think the Saints went undefeated with Teddy Bridgewater under center. Yeah, like eight games, Brees right? Was out with an injury. Yeah, and mm-hmm. then Teddy went somewhere else. He went to Carolina and just looked like garbage. Exactly. Yeah. And so I, I do give I do give a lot of credit. I think scheming stuff for your players is extremely important. And Sean Payton being another Eastern Illinois University yeah. guy uh-huh. uh, is also very important to us. Go EIU. We got some people out there. Yeah. <laughs> Go Big Blue. I want to talk a little about some of these first week games that uh, just, just a few of them. We're not going to talk about all, but starting off on that Thursday night, Cowboys-Bucks, that was a great game to start the year with i mean uh, i thought the cowboys were going to get trounced personally i was watching i watched like clips of the hard knocks and i'm like yeah i'm not sold on these guys Uh, and they came out and they played hard and they could have (laughs) won a few kicks that were missed Uh, but then you know watching tom do what tom had to do in those bucks uh, just that game overall was a good game a great way to start the season so i think week one i think the thing you got to say to start the season we started we started great question was you i don't know if you're gonna finish but question was you guys think it was opi oh offensive pass interference i don't (laughs) i i think he was stumbling i think he was going backwards and falling on his hill heels uh i don't think it was an opi personally i don't think it was a full extent like godwin i don't think he full extended but even if he did i can see um I don't know who was the corner, but he could, like you said, he could be stumbling, but you can also see uh, the corner grabbing the Godwin. So I think it was, it could have gone both ways. And that's why it wasn't called because it was offsetting either way. You know what I mean? I can see it going either way. Yeah. Uh, the second thing uh, that was surprising, we had Jaguars and Texans and uh, everybody thought the Texans were going to be trash. They, they thumped good old Urban Meyer and, and uh, Trevor Lawrence in their first game. They gave him a hello and welcome to the NFL to just start things off. And now, get this, I'm hearing talk, mostly, let's say, Pat McAfee show. <laughs> I'm hearing talk about <laughs> Urban Meyer's maybe thinking about going back to college already. Now, that could just be pure speculation, uh, but that would just be crazy. Uh, and it would be horrible for Mr. Trevor Lawrence <laughs> to, to get there. Uh, and then his head coach just like take off mid-year and him have like nobody around him and uh, that would just be a, um, a mess. Uh, the Vikings Cincinnati was a bit of a surprising game to see Cincinnati. I mean, at the same time, it's not because Joe Burrow was playing really well before he went down, but we didn't know what yeah. that was going to look like when he came back. And, uh, that was, uh, an exciting win cards over Titans opened my eyes up, uh, hopefully to how bad the Titans will be this year. That is my hope in, as they're in the AFC South and everybody picked them to win the AFC South or most people. They did lose some coordinators. They did lose some pieces. Their defense didn't, it didn't look better at all. It looked worse. And uh, I'm hoping that that is a sign of things to continue. And then uh, Steelers and Bills. Um, I think everybody kind of was thinking the Bills would look sharper than that. Uh, I do think there were people expecting Steelers to, you know, the way they ended last year to want to come back and, like, prove it, and uh, and they did. Yeah. And uh, I think the, the last game I want to kind of point out from the week, well, no, before the last game, uh, Dolphins-Patriots. Uh, Patriots got really close, one point, right? But right now, yeah. I think it's Dolphins in the – in the driver's seat. And so I think next week they play the Bills. That's going to be an interesting game to see kind of where that division, who's who's heading that up and leading it. But the last game uh, of the weekend was by far and away, again, a very exciting way to end the first week. We started with Cowboys, Tampa Bay. It was really exciting. And then we ended with Ravens, Raiders, and it looked like the Raiders were just going to be dead in the water. And then they came back and went to overtime and won. And my question for you is, did any of you tune in at all to the Peyton Manning or the Manning Brothers simulcast or whatever they call that thing on ESPN? I watched a couple of them. Yeah? Yeah, I I watched the whole second half of that game. I didn't watch the first half. But when I tuned into the second half, I'm just going to refer to it as Manning Monday because to me that makes more sense. Uh, I don't know if that's actually what it's called. I thought it was great. Eli was like ripping into Peyton on certain things. He put on, he put on the helmet. The and wouldn't he's fit. Like, 
do they have a, a double XL in that because of your big forehead? <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, I'm going to tell you that when this Dismanning Monday, whatever it's called, when this thing was announced, uh, and even up to last the, to this Monday, I didn't actually get to watch the whole. I didn't get to watch it live. Uh, I went back and watched clips because I'm the kind of guy who I like to watch the play-by-play call in real time and know what's going on in the game to the minute. And so it was hard for me to wrap my head around, well, how do I also watch the Manning thing when they're kind of talking through some of that? In the first half, it was like a little hard to keep track of what was going on in the game. But then as they got to the end of the game and they started having some of those people come in and talk, it got so interesting. And I'm like, man, I should have watched as that was happening, especially when they brought in like Russ Wilson at the end. And they're all just diagnosing the the plays and what's going on as they're coming out of the huddles on defense. And uh, it looks like it could be very exciting. My problem is I already use, uh, I don't have ESPN at home, so I use my tablet to get ESPN. And then what do I watch ESPN 2 on? My phone? It's just, just awkward, like, how do I get the screens to watch this stuff at the same time? I don't know. We'll see how it goes. You guys think you'll continue watching those, yeah. or you think you'll watch the regular broadcast? Definitely the Manning stuff. My favorite part was, um, I only saw like three or four highlights, but my favorite part was um, whenever Eli, Ray Lewis was on it, Eli Manning's fire alarm was going off. Yeah. It's going, going off for like a straight minute. Nobody's talking. Nobody's like, Eli's not stopping it. He's just sitting there talking, and it's going off for a straight minute. And I think they'll iron some of those things out, but some of that made it a little more real too. You're like, okay, this is them sitting on the couch. And and I really do think that toward toward the end when Russell Wilson was on and the three of them were just talking, you you really start to get into it and their excitement is so so palpable that you feel like I'm kind of hanging out with these guys as they watch as we watch the game. You you kind of get that feeling. So looking forward to more of that. <laughs> I win in your face. Yeah! How do you like some apples? All right. I think you guys know what that means. This is time for the Homer highlights. Each of us here have a home team that, even when they lose horribly, say 3-38 to or whatever, we still love our home team and we're still homers. Uh, And so we like to go around and talk about the teams that we have. If you're just joining us this season, you may not know those. Uh, I, Matthew Thomas, am a Colts fan to the core always. And you'll notice on my fantasy football roster, I have way too many Colts. And I know that's not a good winning strategy, but I just can't help myself. Uh, Brandon Colmark is our Green Bay uh, homer, and you will hear that, and you've already heard some of that. Uh, And Josh is our Washington football team, uh, until another name is announced, uh, the Washington football team homer here. We also usually have Tristan Thomas on, who is the Chicago Bears fan. He's not with us today. And we sometimes have Brandon Harris join us, and he is a New England Patriots fan, even after Tom Brady left. So, you know, he's he's truly a fan there. Here's the fun fact he was a fan after tom brady left but more important he was a fan before tom brady yeah that that's like a i was a colts fan in the uh 89 all the way up era when we were just no good and so you know that i'm not just a peyton manning fan and when peyton manning left i i cried a little bit and i hated that he won a super bowl with the broncos because now they take some claim to him just like tampa bay is going to do with tom brady uh but i'm still a colts fan through and through even though i still love manning yeah, it's like how I became a Packers fan during the Favre era. See, now that, that, that makes it look like you just were there for the yeah. wins because Favre won, Rodgers wins. Will love? Will you still be a fan when Jordan Love is like losing crazy? Or this, this year, if they keep getting three points every game. I, I've invested too much time and money into this organization to back out now. That's I'm exactly there right. Life. There's Me something too. about when your heart gets with a team, it doesn't matter what personnel changes. You're like, that's my team. And that's why we're doing Homer highlights. So we are going to do, uh, now I know Brandon, you've already kind of talked a little bit about the Packers, but go ahead and tell us the rest of your Homer highlight thoughts. Yeah. So, uh, initially I had talked about a, l- a little bit about the defense, a little bit about Aaron Rodgers, mostly the bad stuff from that game. I do want to highlight, uh, we did have, we do have an injury with Josiah DeGuara, our tight end. We drafted in the third round in 2020. So we went Jordan Love, A.J. Dillon, Josiah DeGuara, who when he's on the field has an amazing impact. Mm-hmm. But he got injured early last season. I think it was week two or week three. And then he was out for the season. And then he got injured week one this week. And he was able to get up and get off the field. But initially it looked really scary because he wasn't moving. Mm-hmm. They've put him through concussion protocol i think it's probably a little more than a concussion 
based on the initial reaction I had. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's all the information we have on him right now. But something good about the the loss that we had, something good. Uh, as, a, as a fan, we always want to stay optimistic. But this is an actual thing. Our offensive line held up relatively well compared to every other offensive line in the league. PFF have them ranked in the top five offensive lines, even after a disastrous loss like that. And our all-pro left tackle, David Bakhtiari, he's out on uh, the physically unable to perform list for the first six weeks of the season, and then we'll see what happens after week six. We've slid Elton Jenkins, who last season played every position on that line Mm -hmm. at an elite level. We slid him out there, and he was ranked second among left tackles in the NFL for week one. Second, this is a guy that normally plays guard or center. So the interior of the line is very different. And if Tristan was with us today, he's a former lineman. He could tell us more about the minute details of that. But it's impressive to have a guy that can play in every position at an elite level. Yeah, and I, I do think you're right. One of the things that I noticed when I was watching that game is Aaron Rodgers was pretty clean back there. He wasn't hit a lot. It was more his receivers were not open. He had nowhere to throw yeah, it. Yeah, he had three hits, a sack. It, 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 was, it was a good offensive line game. Yeah. Anything else on those Packers? That's all I'll stick to for now. We could fill the whole podcast with what I want to say. Uh, but I want to hear about these Indianapolis Colts. Well, uh, I think just going off of that offensive line, that's a great place to run into the Colts. The Colts were have been touted as like one of the best offensive, if not the best offensive line. Uh, now, granted, we lost Anthony Costanzo, our, our left tackle, but we got uh, Eric Fisher. He didn't suit up to play yesterday, and it was obvious Davenport, the guy who was there, beat over and over again. Um, but it wasn't just him. Our offensive line as a whole did not look good. Um, I would say, as I was watching the game, you know, the first thing you're going to think about is, is Carson Wentz really the guy? Is he, is he the answer? And you're just like, come on, Carson. Come on, Carson. Get rid of the ball. Get rid of the ball. But then you have to realize just how much of a sieve that offensive line was, which is supposed to be our great strength. Uh, I was, I was pretty let down in that. And, uh, I think that was probably the thing I hated most. Uh, Carson Wentz, you know, when you look at his numbers, they weren't great, but they were they were pretty good uh, for the week. He didn't he didn't look bad, um, and he would have looked even better if he wasn't constantly under pressure uh, back there trying to throw. Uh, so I'm hoping that they get that. I'm hoping Eric Fisher is ready to go this week. And I'm hoping that they can begin to gel and get some of that uh, cohesiveness that an offensive line has to have. And, you know, we're looking at Green Bay had such a good one. I thought Indy would. They did not. Um, I think um, you can't. It's hard to judge. Like how well did Jonathan Taylor run? Hard to say. You know that that offensive line didn't give him a lot of help. Uh, one thing that was, uh, I think, kind of talking to what Josh mentioned earlier we did see a lot of Naheem Hines in this game and I think we're going to continue they gave him a new contract just before the first game this year that really pretty much says he's going to be highly involved in Frank Reich said we want to get him more touches than we got him last year so I think they're really going to be looking to split Naheem Hines and Jonathan Taylor Uh, but I hope that when that offensive line gets better uh, each of those two backs will also improve wide receivers nothing to write home about I mean, we got, I think Zach Pascal got a couple touchdowns, but yeah. Uh, for Homer highlights, the highlights were pretty much low lights this week. And I think Colts fans took it even further than the general public. General public's like, oh, the Colts played a pretty good game, but the Seahawks are a really good team. And Colts fans were like, we were supposed to be great. We were really looking forward to this year, and we look like junk. So whereas everybody else might have graded us about a B, uh, Colts fans were grading us about a D. <laughs> a D minus because we just, I think our expectations were higher than that. So uh, we haven't won our home opener. We are the the team that has been the longest in not winning a home opener. Now the, 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 the Browns have only won one since they've come into the league, but they've won it more recently than we have won one. Really? Yeah. I think we go back to 2015 and I think the Browns have won one in that time. They had one tie and the rest are lost. Like I said, we have not won our season opener we have the longest drought in winning our season opener from today to when it last happened. Now, I think the Browns have only won one since they've been reinstated. So they're definitely like 
in a drought, but they've their wind came more recently. And you can check that out, uh, but I believe that's true. That's our Colts. I hate that that's the way it started, but uh, I know that we went like 0-5 a couple seasons and we came back and made playoffs and all that stuff, but I don't want that to happen again. And I know we have like a meat grinder of a schedule for the first five games, but hopefully that one against Tennessee that we thought was going to be so hard, maybe that one won't be as hard if they're less than stellar. Let's move on to the Washington football team. Josh, uh, that is your hometown football team. Well, not your hometown, but your home team. Tell mm-hmm. us about Washington. They had some uh, some things go yeah. wrong for them too. Kind of sticking with the offensive line thing. I thought, you know, going into the season, everybody thinks, everybody thought, you know, the analysis saw our offensive line would be all right. You know, we just picked up Charles Leno at left tackle. I mean, we have a rookie at right tackle, so, you know, you expect them to, you know, have some blows there, but, you know, some improvement, you know. And we also have Brandon Scherf at right, right guard and um, uh, uh, Chase Rallier, Chase Rallier at center, so they're both pretty good, but they look pretty bad. I mean, until until Taylor Heineke came in for the injured Ryan Fitzpatrick, I mean, we could not move the ball. I think in the first quarter and a half, we did not. I think we only had, like, 50 yards total offense running and passing, and it was just terrible. I tried the game on right when Taylor, uh, not Taylor, Taylor, yeah, Taylor Heineke threw the ball to Terry McLaurin and he made that catch. Uh-huh. And and then they t- two or three plays later, it was a, the catch with Logan Thomas and everything looked pretty good. And ever since then, it looked pretty good on offense. Like Taylor was moving the ball. He seemed like he knew the offense. What kind of, you know, put us in a slump was uh, Antonio Gibson fumble and especially the defense. Like you come out and you think this defense is top three, but they played, didn't play like it either. They um, the defense didn't get any pressure. I mean, besides the William Jackson interception, I mean, we didn't play much of any good coverage at all. I think that sounds like we have common themes here for all of our teams. Yeah. My our our defense was also less than advertised. I, I was thinking about it. Uh, all four of us on the podcast, uh, actually, and five if if you count when Brandon's in, all five of our teams lost this week. None of us had a win. That's that's a bad week one, isn't it? I'll tell you what, uh, I hope that next week we can all turn things around and next week we come on all as winners. Uh, let's go on to our fantasy results. Uh, Brandon, what happened in, uh, not the, the, the real NFL, but in our, in our fantasy league, better than Owen 14 or Owen yeah, so for, 15 or whatever the name of the thing is now. Yeah, I, I haven't looked at that yet, but let, let me explain this for our, our new listeners and even returning listeners. Returning listeners, you know, last season, the people that are running this podcast, we would all uh, go through each matchup every week, and we would each say who we think is going to win, and we would track that throughout the season. Uh, It turned out to be we all sat around somewhere between 40 to 60%. 40% was the low end, 60% was the high end. So we all roughly got about half the games right. Uh, This first week, we did not do that, so what we are going to do is track what the NFL said was going to happen. We use the NFL app for our league and see how they're doing. And starting week two, we're going to have a competition between the podcast and the NFL to see if, does the NFL really know what they're saying? Is the NFL rigged? Uh, we'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'll go through our, our matchups that we had last week, who the NFL thought was going to win and then who actually won. So our first matchup, it's always going to start with me because my app defaults to starting with me. It was <laughs> the sauce, my team against Sir Topham hat, which is Jacob McCormick. The NFL said that the sauce was going to win and they did. So the NFL is one for one. Our next matchup we had was 24 blast, which is Blake faith. One of the original football pandemic podcasters mm-hmm. and my wife, Mop Lafleur, who is got second in the league last year. The NFL said Mop Lafleur was going to win, and she lost. Look at that thin margin of victory, 120 to 119.38. So it was less than a point. Yeah, it came down to Monday Night Football. Yeah. <laughs> and so now the NFL is, is effectively one in one. Our next matchup we have is clear eyes full hearts which is brandon harris one of our other helpers on this podcast and roethlinsberger's helper joshua thor the nfl said clear eyes full hearts was going to win and they lost lost now the nfl is one and two not looking too hot we have canto sparks which is jacob nelson all the way from minnesota against rothgar lucas roth 
all the way from Washington. The NFL said Canto Sparks was going to win, and Canto Sparks did win. The NFL is now effectively two and two. We have not basketball, our good friend Dylan Cole, who understands nothing about football but loves the game of basketball <laughs> and is in this league against a new member of this league, Tristan Thomas, who's also a member of this podcast, Run CMC for Christian McCaffrey. The NFL said Run CMC was going to win, and it did. The NFL is now three and two. And our final matchup of the week uh, is with our other two podcasters, the Reich Stuff with Matthew Thomas and Tyreek and Havoc with Joshua Haupt. The NFL said Tyreek and Havoc was going to win, and he did. So that puts the NFL at four and two so far on the season. Boy, did he ever. He had the highest score for the week, 170.16. And uh, even though I had the third highest score in our league, I am now number seven in the rankings. (laughs) Funny is they predicted you to win. I mean, predicted me to win by only like, point i mean 1.6 points and i I beat you by like 32 yeah you had uh, i mean kyler murray going off like he did and um tyree kill getting that (laughs) that 75 yard bomb at the end that that sealed my fate well those guys almost got uh got me half my points yeah yeah before they before they played you were not looking great no your your other scorers you were less balanced you had you had about three guys who like Pretty much got most of your score. I was more balanced, and I had uh, Josh Allen didn't play near what he was supposed to hurt me. But that's the way fantasy goes. Good win. Good win. Well, let's go ahead and hit that Brandon Harris corner, who can't be with us today, but he's going to start joining us uh, semi-regularly in this podcast. You'll get to know him and his voice. Uh, But he he sent some stuff to us, and I'm going to have Brandon kind of take us through some of the Brandon Harris corner. Yeah, so the reason I'm doing the Brandon Harris Corner today is, surprise, surprise, my name's Brandon, and we all have a connection. (laughs) All Brandons. Every single one of us, uh, we're all the exact same. So uh, Brandon had came up with a few interesting stats that he wants to track throughout the NFL season and then have it premiered on this podcast, and all of us thought that was a great idea, and we love the work that Brandon has done. He's such an intelligent human being and a killer football fan. So... I'll go through the things that he's going to track, and then we'll go through them again with who he has there as the winner. This is all based off of statistics. So he has the best of the best. This is the person that had the perfect lineup and would have won any game no matter what because they had the highest score this past week. We have the cursed team, which is what team suffered the most injuries to their starters this week. And I think that might be tracked throughout the season as well. So we might have two answers every week, starting in week two. We have the fourth quarter rally and who came from behind to win during Monday night football. If they did, there's the put me in coach who had the highest scoring benched player. And then we must forgive Brandon. He put the Belichick award in there after his (laughs) beloved coach, Bill Belichick. And so this is the award for the team that had the best possible players during that week. Okay. So let's go back back up to the top. The best of the best. This is the person that scored the most points this week. I already gave that and one away, didn't I? Yeah, we, we had we brought it up, but I I want to congratulate Mr. Joshua Haupt with Tyreek and Havoc. Tyreek and Havoc <laughs> all over our league. Yeah. He really did, and he really did it over the Reich stuff. What's funny is I could have gotten 11 more points if I started Jonathan Taylor, and I didn't because of the three running back system the Colts have, and I started Robinson instead. who only got eight and a half. But. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll see if those 11 points come back to bite you at the end of the season. Hopefully not. But yeah, hopefully not. All right, our cursed team. This is the team who suffered the most injuries with their starters. We have Mr. Brandon Harris himself, clear eyes, full hearts. I feel like this is why he put that stat in there. He was probably so upset with all of the injuries on yeah. his team. He's like, I'm going to, this needs to be pointed out. How many people got injured? What's his name? Clear eyes, full hearts. Yeah. Um, yeah. He had um, Raheem Mostert. Yeah. Uh, he got injured. Ayuk is questionable. So I don't know if he really got injured, but that's it. So Ayuk and Raheem Mostert, really. Okay. All right, let's look at our fourth quarter rally. Who came from behind to win Monday Night Football? And let me tell you, this come from behind was 30 points. That's not a small come from behind. 
that that is a come from behind. Now, this 30 points was split between two players. And 24 Blast had the best come from behind going over Mopla Flores we just talked about. By was, less than a point. Yeah, very incremental in their win. And uh, who were those two behind. players? Lamar Jackson Lamar. and I think Mark yeah. Andrews, tight end. Maybe. I'll look. Someone Again. had him. It, uh, it was two pretty Ravens impressive, players, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Did uh, did Mop Lafleur have anybody playing on Monday night? Yes, she did. So that makes it even more impressive because she had the possibility of putting up even more points, and he still came back and beat her by less than a point. Continuing on in the Brandon Harris corner, we have the put me in coach, and this will go to Rothgar, who had Jameis Winston on his bench, who we benched for Aaron Rodgers. That. Hurts. So, <laughs> Jameis Winston put up forty-two point six points. Now, now, much, now that's that's good. Yeah. How much did uh, did Aaron Rodgers put up? I I started him in my family league, and he got me a solid three points. Solid. <laughs> th- their scoring system is very different, but I definitely think this league was under five points for Aaron Rodgers. I tell you what, so, I, nobody like just like the game itself. Nobody saw that coming. If you had Jameis Winston and, and Aaron Rodgers, almost 100% of people would have put Aaron Rodgers in in week one. Yeah. Now, will that happen oh, yeah. in week two? People are going to be questioning. Against the Lions, if you're talking about Jared Goff versus Aaron Rodgers, I think you know who you're going to go for. If the Lions somehow beat the Packers, there is going to be revolt in Packers Nation. They're going to start calling for Jordan Love. People already are calling for Jordan Love. I'm going to put that out That's there. crazy. One game, you can't do that. Yeah. The, the Lions play, out of anyone in the NFC North, the Lions always have the closest games with the Packers. Yeah. Since in the Matt LaFleur era. It's true. And Dan Campbell's going to bite their kneecaps, man. Is Aaron Rodgers ready to have his kneecaps bitten? I don't know. Only by Dan Campbell. Oh, only by Dan Campbell. <laughs> <laughs> he must be on the field biting his kneecaps during the play. So what's right. this Belichick award all about? So this Belichick Award is who had the best possible players during that week. I'm not exactly sure what he means by that, but he gave this award to two people. He gave it to the Sauce and Run CMC. So Tristan and I have both won this award. And we'll have Brandon on later here in the upcoming weeks to kind of explain his award system and to give out these awards himself. That sounds wonderful. Well, in talking about this fantasy football, we've been looking a lot at last week, but we've got another week coming up starting tomorrow night. So let's look at those uh, matchups and Brandon, take us through each of those matchups for the teams and let's decide, uh, let's cast our votes. Oh, and one thing Brandon didn't say is that if anybody out there in our league wants to vote each week, uh, he might make it worth your while. What was that, Brandon, you were talking about? Yeah, we're so we're going to put up a competition. It, I'll put up a poll in our, our league chat every week. And if you can successfully take down the five people involved in this podcast, you will get a large Dairy Queen Blizzard of your choice. So let me get this straight. They just have to, we were 40 to 60% correct. So we hovered around 50% correct last year. If they can beat us in number of correct predictions, they could have a Dairy Queen Blizzard for free from Brandon Colmark. They can. So let me run through this again. You have to beat Matthew Thomas, Brandon Colmark, Brandon Harris, Tristan Thomas, and Joshua Haupt. So you just gotta you gotta be confident. If you think you can run above that sixty percent mark, I think you should go for it. And last year, let's be real, Brandon Colmark, I think, was our winner at that sixty percent mark. Isn't that correct? That is correct. So he's your real competition because if I remember correctly, I didn't do so great. <laughs> yeah, Matthew was the bottom of that, but you hey. do have to participate every week. That. That's the deal we got here. You got to play every week. Or so if you if this, you are amazing, like every week except one week when you miss and you still beat us in number of predictions, would they still get the thing? Yeah, if you do pretty phenomenal most of the season, I think you can still get your Dairy Queen Blizzard. But every if you're in every week, you have better chances. So let's jump in here and we're going to give our votes. Uh, start us off. Which teams are we looking at first, Brandon? Well, we're always going to start with me. That's where the NFL naturally puts my my team first. So let's say uh, the sauce versus 24 blast. This is Blake and I, 
I'm going to go on a limb and I'm going to say, I'm going to win this one. I'm just going to give, give this victory to myself. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I think I'm going to uh, say that because of the confidence I have in me uh, and let's go with Matthew and then Josh. Okay. Uh, just looking through these players, I recognize that you're projected to get 131 points and he's projected to only get 110. He's got uh, Odell Beckham who looks like he's out. Is that correct? Yeah. Uh, about, about 15 minutes ago, OBJ was ruled out for this week. Oh yeah. Okay. So he, he's going to have to, you know, either put in Randall Cobb and hope Randall Cobb gets a lot or pick somebody else up in order to get some points. So he's, he's missing a complete score there, uh, which will bring him up a little bit, but will it bring him up 21, uh, 22 points? Uh, I don't know. But in, in look, you know, uh, looking at your rosters, the sauce, uh, Ryan Tannehill didn't look great last week. I hope he doesn't look great this week. That defense of Seattle was looking really good. So I'm, I'm not high on Ryan Tannehill. I do think uh, Burrow against Chicago could be a better matchup. Uh, Henry did, didn't do a lot last <laughs> week, but I can't see him being held down completely. Uh, whereas Carson did pretty good against the Colts. Uh, Devontae Adams is, I think, going to bounce back. Um, Pitts, I think, will will get. I think Atlanta will do better than they did last week. I hope Lockett did great last week. Um, I'd hope he does great again. Uh, and looking down through there, Debo Samuel, he he just got targeted like crazy, didn't he last week? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so he put up quite the points. Thirty-seven points. In looking at those two rosters, even though uh, there's Kittle on on the other side and uh, he's starting Burrow versus Chicago, I'm still going to go with the sauce. Me too. And that's also the NFL favorite. I'll I'll announce the NFL favorite as we go into this. Uh, Let's look at our second matchup. We're going to have Sir Topham Hat versus Clear Eyes Full Hearts. The NFL favorite for this is Sir Topham Hat ranking him at about 130 projected points with clear eyes, full hearts at about 121. Looking through both of these rosters, I think I like the NFL favorite of Sir Topham hat just a little bit more. I think Russell Wilson's going to have a heyday against Tennessee. And I do want to point out, he benched Russell Wilson last week Mm -hmm. to start Matt Ryan. That hurts. He did that. Jacob and I had talked about this. He did that because look who his defense is. Yeah. And he thought they were going to be Colts. really good. Remember when he picked those up just before I was going to? Ha, ha, ha. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and so we now Russell Wilson's back in. I think this is a, a clear winner going to, going to them. Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray are very similar quarterbacks, but yet they're different enough where it's going to be hard to game plan against them. So I, I think Tennessee is going to have one heck of a time trying to stop Russell Wilson, and I hope he throws a lot of touchdowns to Tyler Lockett like he did last week. Yeah. Uh, I think I'm also going to go with Sir Topham Hat. Sorry, Clear Eyes. I think I'm going uh, because I just uh, – Garoppolo, I think they're going to continue to be the two-headed quarterback beast. I think Trey Lance is going to get some of those snaps, so he's not going to – Garoppolo is not going to get them all. Uh, and I think Russell Wilson is going to tear Tennessee up. But I also think uh, Jones with uh, Green Bay is going to come back against Detroit. Uh, I can't see Green Bay just having two stinker weeks in a row, even though I kid about it. I just can't see it happening. I think they're going to come back and like revenge, kind of tear a hole through the Lions to make up for what happened last week uh, a bit. And so as I look down through there, the, the one person on this uh, Clear Eyes Full Hearts team that I really like is Waller. Uh, that guy... That guy does a lot, and I think he's going to get a lot of targets. And Jamar Chase did better than I expected in Cincinnati. He didn't have any drops, right? Wasn't that the first thing Burrow said when he sat down? He's like, thought he was supposed to drop everything when he was in his post-game conference, and everybody just laughed mm-hmm. <laughs> when he followed Chase up there. So, uh, And I do think the Colts' defense will sharpen up, too. I think they got embarrassed. I think the offensive line, I think all of them took it personally and will play better. But, yeah, I'm going to go with uh, Sir Topham of the hat. I'm going with Sir Topham Hat also, but uh, I know defense, you know, they don't give much, get much points as, you know, the actual players, but don't be surprised if this game is close because, who is it? Clear Eyes Full Heart has Patriots against New York, and like you said, the Colts, I, I, I can see them coming back, but they're also playing L.A. and Stafford, you know. That, when you said that, I just looked at who they were playing. I take back everything I said. I think the Colts' defense <laughs> will stiffen up, but man, Matthew Stafford. Can you come out and start with two better touchdown passes and uh, 
Whew. I think uh, L.A. might put some points on the on the Colts, even if yeah. the Colts can try and hang in there. I have great. I'm just going to say I have great trepidation about that game because I feel like we might be starting 0 and 2 for sure. So, yeah, I take all that about the Colts being like a good score. Uh, might make it closer. I'm still going with Sir Topham Hat, but that's a good point, Josh. Yeah, I am too. I'm going um, 51% chance Sir Topham Hat, 49% clear, full eyes, full heart. Look at that. <laughs> All right. Uh, our next matchup, I'm going to guess, is Mop LaFleur and Canto Sparks or Canto Sparks. Yeah, Canto Sparks and Mop LaFleur. So this is our next matchup. Uh, and it's a personal matchup for me. This is my wife and Mop LaFleur against my brother in law and Canto Sparks. And I have Ooh. to tell you, I had a conversation with both of them last night, and uh, I had to tell the Canto Sparks that legally I'm not allowed to help him this week, so don't ask <laughs> me any questions. And uh, I, I've given him some really good tips on his team so far, and I like his team as if it was my own. And very quickly, I'm just going to say I think he's going to win. And that's all you're going to say, huh? <laughs> yep. Um I, I do, I really do like, I think, you know, Tom Brady against Atlanta is a good matchup. Atlanta mm-hmm. has looked so bad. They're in the same division. The best he could hope for, or I mean, uh, Mop LaFleur could hope, uh, she could hope for, is that Atlanta feels so humiliated that they come out really strong and, and play hard against Tom Brady. I do like uh, Patrick Mahomes uh, against Baltimore. The good thing about that is I think Baltimore will score. And it seems like Patrick Mahomes does better when there's a team scoring against them hard. And then he just comes back and like blows everybody away, gets high scores when it's against a good team really well. Uh, so I, I think it's hard to call on that quarterback. Uh, Cooper Cup, I think down there for Canto Sparks is going to get some going to get some good play in against Indianapolis it's it's tough looking down through those to know who's going to be better but I'm probably going to go with Canto Sparks man I hate to be like just following right along with uh Brandon on all of these but I am hey great minds think alike isn't that a quote somewhere (laughs) it is or or we're both very off and (laughs) that's right (laughs) we go that way what about you, Josh? I'm, I'm also I'm also going with Canto Sparks. I mean, this is a team overall that looks so much better, um, especially because tight ends they don't get targeted that much. And um, Mopla Four has two tight ends in, and actually, yeah, two tight ends and one in a flex and one as a starter. Of course, it's you know they're both good tight ends, but and he she also doesn't have anybody else down there. And so I mean, it could be better, but it's probably the best for the team right now. But I'm also going with Canto Sparks. All right, let's go to our next matchup. We have Roethlisberger Helper versus Not Basketball. And I've got to say, I the NFL prefers Not Basketball on this one, and I agree with them. I think his matchup moving forward is a lot better. I don't think Ezekiel Elliott is going to do too much personally on that Dallas side. I understand how this Mike McCarthy offense works. You get four stud receivers with a quarterback that can throw it anywhere, and that's how you push the ball down the field. I watched it happen with Aaron Rodgers for so long. And really, I don't think Ezekiel Elliott is going to be a part of that offensive game plan the same way Alvin Kamara is going to be a part of not basketball's Saints game plan. I like Justin Herbert in this matchup against Dak Prescott. Both are big mm-hmm. arm quarterbacks, and I think we're going to see that during their matchup this week. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go not basketball for this week. Uh, in looking at these, I think uh, the biggest the biggest thing that makes up my mind is uh, looking at those two quarterbacks and the running backs, just like you talked about, but then slipping down one more spot, looking at DK Metcalf uh, in Seattle against Tennessee versus Jones in Tennessee against Seattle. I think Metcalf beats him all to pieces there. I think Gronkowski is better. Uh, I think you're right. I think not basketball is going to take yeah. this one. Overall, yeah, basketball has overall the, just the best players in general. Now, do remember that on the bench he has Jalen Hurts against San Francisco, but San Francisco is a much different team than Atlanta, so I don't, I don't see him switching out Dak Prescott there. All right, let's move on to our next matchup. We have Rothgar versus the Reich Stuff. I'm going to put out there the NFL has Rothgar as the favorite right now, but I think I'm going to give it to the Reich Stuff. I, this is the first time we're going against what the NFL is saying. I think this is where the NFL is wrong. And for a couple reasons here, first off, both of their quarterbacks, Rothgar starting Aaron Rodgers, the Reich stuff is starting Josh, Josh Allen, Allen. Mm-hmm. both of whom did not show up in week one, the way anyone expected them to. I think both of those quarterbacks are going to come back in a very strong way. 
But if I go down and I look how I think those quarterbacks are going to come back, I don't think Aaron Rodgers is going to utilize the tight ends as much as he's going to Devontae Adams and Alan Lazard and Randall Cobb. So I think Robert Tunyon, who's the tight end on Rothgard, is not going to get up to his projected 10 points. But on the other side, the tight end he's playing is Travis Kelsey with the right stuff. And I think Travis Kelsey is going to have a heyday with a combination of D hop and Antonio Brown also in his lineup. I think that's going to be the part that puts the Reich stuff over the top. I think <laughs> crazily enough, I think I may also go with the Reich stuff, but I am going to tell you that this, uh, this general manager may in fact pick up a different defense than going Ravens against Kansas City because Kansas City is a point-scoring machine. And what? so so there may be another defense make a debut there, just whoever looks good. Uh, also, uh, looking at uh, what Chark did last week, he, he didn't do much at all. And I just don't know if I have a lot of faith right now until they start to get some uh, chemistry going. And, and I don't even know if uh, Lawrence is, has that with Chark. He might have that with some other players. So... Uh, we may throw somebody else. That's a nice flex spot. So even Naheem Hines, who well outperformed his, I think he was projected to get like eight last week as well, and he got more than that. So uh, there will be a couple. But, um, yeah, I think, you know, you look at Hopkins and Kelsey and a- even Antonio Brown, who did really good last week and probably will continue to get more targets with Tom Brady. They just have so many people on that team, but Antonio Brown was looking good. So I, I think uh, with all that, I'm going to go with the Reich stuff over Rothgar as well. Besides, last week, Rothgar scored 100 points, and the Reich stuff scored 144, uh, even though their projections look very similar to what they look like now. Yeah, kind of like Matt said earlier, I, can't, I hate to like keep agreeing with you guys, but I'm going to agree with you guys again. I'm going with the Reich stuff. Just the players overall, I expect, I mean, I expect Hopkins to do better than Johnson. I expect Kelsey to do better than Tanyan. And I expect Brown to do better than Landry. Although Cooks might do better than Chark. Cooks had a really good game last week or a couple days ago. I see, yeah, I suggest getting a new defense, like you said. Yeah, I'm going with the right stuff. All right. Let's look at our final matchup of the week, which I think is the most difficult matchup to predict. We have uh-huh. Run CMC with Tristan and Tyreek and Havoc with Josh. <laughs> Ranked number one and two in the league respectively. Yeah. Uh, looking through this roster, let, let, let's break this down. I think this is the best matchup. We'll break this down position by position. Okay. Matthew Stafford versus Kyler Murray. I think Kyler Murray is going to be the better quarterback matchup between the two of them this week because of the defenses they're playing. Mm-hmm. When Matthew Stafford play, when Matthew Stafford played the Bears defense last week, they were starting no one with actual names in their secondary. It was just all their rushers needed to get to Matthew Stafford to stop him, and they didn't. But the Indianapolis defense actually has people that can play corner. And I think that's going to be the difference here. Minnesota is kind of in that same boat. They don't have a lot of stuff going very well on their defense, even though their coach is more defensive-minded. I think Kyler Murray just finds any way to get open, any way to find open receivers. And if he doesn't, he just runs. Mm-hmm. And those ru- rushing yards he gets, gets him more points. Playing against I the Bears I'm, last week did help Matthew Stafford look really good. He has a, a ton of experience against the Bears. It's like he was in a division with them his whole career. Right. So I, I give Kyler Murray the edge this week on that. Uh, looking at the running backs, their starting running back, Christian McCaffrey versus Jonathan Taylor. I think I got to take Christian McCaffrey on this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, playing the New Orleans, playing the New Orleans defense. I understand they're a tough defense, but I don't want to have a running back that's going against Aaron Donald on a regular basis. Yeah, yeah that GM that GM might be switching that one out. <laughs> <laughs> Aaron Donald is a beast. Yeah, and now we're going to A.J. Brown versus Tyreek Hill. I think this is easy. you got to give it to Tyreek against Baltimore. Got to. The dude's just too fast against Baltimore. His track record against that Baltimore defense is awesome. Track and record. <laughs> track, yeah. Because he runs like track. <laughs> the cheetah, yeah. Yeah, especially uh, with um, uh, Peters, he's out with his ACL. A.J. Brown, I- until him and Ryan Tannehill and that whole offense get on the same page again, I'm not going to put too many Titans players really high right now. Yeah. Uh, let's look at our, our starting tight ends with Eric Ebron against T.J. Hawkinson. I like, the, I like the matchup of Eric Ebron more 
despite what the predictions are. And let me tell you why. The Green Bay defense is excellent at covering tight ends. Excellent. Now, we can't cover anything else downfield, but we can cover <laughs> a tight end. And so that's that's my Homer opinion, but I think Eric Ebron has has the upside there. And now we're getting into these flex positions. We got three of them. We have the trio on run CMC with Amari Cooper, who looked awesome last week. Yeah. Mike Davis running back for Atlanta and Antonio Gibson, uh, who looked okay last week against Cole Beasley, Juju, and Terry McLaurin. Uh, I think this is the closest matchup we've seen in these flex positions. And I think I have to give it to run CMC just because of Amari Cooper, just tearing up that Tampa Bay defense who has an amazing secondary. And I know he's going against the Chargers, uh, the Chargers this week. I almost said the Rams. That's, they don't even have Jalen Ramsey. So, yeah, I give it this flex position section fully to run CMC. I do agree on that part just because um, uh, Beasley's playing um, Miami, so they got Jones and um, Howard on there. So, mm-hmm. Especially with yeah, Dallas, my Cooper's playing LAC, so and then McLaurin did all right last week. Juju did he didn't do that good, so I don't know what to expect out of those two. But yeah, I'm giving it to run CMC for the flex positions. Yeah, and then kickers and defenses, we all know they're interchangeable. They can change at any time. We have the the Rams kicker against Indianapolis. I think that'll turn out just fine. I don't think he's going to get a lot of field goals. I think it's going to mostly be point after attempts. Mm-hmm. or short field goals. So there'll be the three-point, not the four- or five-point field goals that we get in this league. Uh, but I think Justin Tucker will actually kick a lot of field goals. I don't think the Ravens' offense is going to do that well in the red zone this week. They never have against Kansas City. So I, I give the, the kicker edge to Tucker. And then we got the Bills' defense against the Washington football team defense. I think it goes to the football team defense. They're playing New York. Yeah. I, I don't think it gets easier than that. I don't know about that. <laughs> As a, as a football fan, you like seeing like last three or four years, no matter how many, like no matter how big the advantage is, no matter how good the football team was, we've always found a way to lose to New York Giants. And Division. I, I, I'm, yeah. yeah, I'm scared going into this game because like they've always been the number four seed in the, in the division. And we always find a way to lose both games to them. I don't think we've won a game against them in like two or three years. And it scares me because like we have a good team going in, like, the Giants are terrible, but we have a good team going in. Taylor Hagen and Haneke can do all right, and we have the defense, especially uh, with McCorn and uh, Thomas, but I just don't see – I don't know how it's going to go. Yeah. I, my overall guess this week is I think CMC – run CMC is going to pull out the win. This one is so tough because, like you, I, I'm split as I go down there. I agree. I think Kyler Murray is going to do better against Minnesota. Uh, I think McCaffrey's going to do better against New Orleans. But I think Jonathan Taylor will look better than he did last week. Uh, I think Tyreek Hill is going to do better than Brown with Tennessee uh, by a good margin. Uh, I don't know what I think about Ebron and Hawkinson. And Hawkinson. Um, even though Green Bay may be able to cover, I mean, I just Ebron is like so hit or miss uh, for them. Beasley, uh, Cooper, I think, beats Beasley. Uh, Schuster, I also feel like, there's other players there that can take stuff from him. And uh, who Gibson, this is just tough. You know, you go back and forth of who you think is going to, I'm going to, I'm going to just go different. And I'm going to say, I think Tyreek and Havoc is still going to wreak havoc this week. Uh, and so I'm going with, uh, this is our first departure from one another, I believe. And our first it departure. Mm-hmm. So I'm still staying with the NFL, right? Uh, run you're, CMC you're is going against the NFL. NFL. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going against the NFL. And against mm-hmm. what Brandon shows, I'm going Tyreek and Havoc. Yeah. Before I looked at the matchup, I did like Tyreek and Havoc more. But then after I analyzed it a little bit, I switched my answer to run CMC. Okay. And for me, of course, I'm going to go myself with the bias. But like I said, with um, Mop the Floor and whoever she was playing, I can see it going either way. It just come, It's going to come down to, like the, to the last player. If any of us has anybody on Monday night, it'll probably come down to that, either that or Sunday night. But um. Like Matt was trying to decide between Gibson on run CMC and McLaurin on my team. Later into the game in LAC, or I guess the Chargers week one, it was a lot more runs with Gibson than it was passes for Heineke, and I can see that being in a being a uh, an edge for run CMC over me with McLaurin. So, like I said, I can go either way, but I'm just going to pick me because uh, you know I'm a biased. 
Okay, so we're going to get the picks from Brandon and Tristan so that we have their picks before tomorrow night. We're going to, I'm going to leave Brandon Colmark in charge of that. But all of you out there in listener land, uh, there's going to be a poll out. You pick your winners. Uh, do that all season. You might win yourself a great, cool treat from One Dairy Queen if you are better than the five of us on here. Hey, we're going to turn our eyes just really quickly before we get to the end of this podcast to this week's game. And we're going to do something that we've done in the past, and that is the marquee manure and my oh my matchups. And just to explain that, the marquee is the each of us will pick the game we think is like this is an amazing, great game that you must watch. It's a marquee game. Uh, The second one, the manure, is just the opposite. This is a game that you probably shouldn't even waste your time watching. It's just not worth it. And the third one, the my oh my game, is one that might surprise some people in how interesting and how good it is, okay, whether that's an upset or whether it's just better than expected or advertised. So we're going to go with that, and I'm going to start off here today. uh, And for my marquee matchup, I'm going to go with the Cowboys and the Chargers. I think... Cowboys ended up, and it's okay, Josh, if you pick that same one. I heard that like, oh, uh, that, that can happen. But I think uh, Dak Prescott and the, the Cowboys impressed me more than I thought they would against Tampa Bay. And I think the Chargers are an up-and-coming team. Justin Herbert, it's going to be really fun for me to watch those two quarterbacks uh, and the teams. And I, I don't know what Ezekiel Elliott, Ezekiel Elliott will be. Uh, but I think that's going to be probably, if I had to choose from this slate of games, which one's like a game that really might be interesting to watch. I think it's that one. We get to the, uh, let's go with the, the my oh my next, um, because I had a harder time picking the manure game, because uh, there's so many that I could have put in that slot. I'm going to go with the my oh my, the one that might be more interesting than expected is Bill's Dolphins. Uh, they're, you know, right now Dolphins are in the lead uh, in their division, and the Bills underperformed last week. I can see them wanting to come back, but that that could be a very interesting game to see how Tua and Josh uh, both come back with their teams in week two. So I'm going to say the my oh my game is going to be the Bills Dolphins. And then I got to the manure, and I'm like, should I should I do Lions in Green Bay? Because that could just be bad again. Uh, but mm, probably not. Should I pick New York and Washington? Because you know, uh, with uh, Fitz Magic out. You know, is Heineke the answer? He actually looked better and could be, mm-hmm. you know, he's going to get his shot. That's the the best part about this for me is he's going to get like a real shot to prove, am I the guy? Not just the end of the season last year, but I'm going to I'm gonna go now. So that may end up being a really good thing. So I didn't choose them. And then I, I actually landed on Falcons Bucks. And that's because the Bucks are so good and the Falcons are so bad that it's probably not even worth watching for me. If, if there was one, I'm like, okay, I'm not going to watch that. I, I know... The, the only reason I would is to see how many Tom Brady throws to Antonio Brown, just to see how my fantasy goes. But that's going to be my pick. Falcons, Bucks, don't even bother watching it. Uh, Josh, why don't you go second, and we'll have Brandon wrap us up today. Marquee, I'm actually going to go with, because um, he took the Chargers and Cowboys, I'm going to go with something different. I'm actually going to go, just based off last week, how both teams played against top-level teams, I'm going to go with Raiders at Steelers and see mm. if they can rep- replicate that. That's a good one. That, perf- that performance and which team come, like, you know, which team is the real deal or if both teams are the real deal and it's a close game. Um, the my oh my game, I'm deciding between two, so I'm going to name both of them, but the one I actually want to watch out of these two, the Saints and Panthers is the one I want to watch mm-hmm. to see if Darnold is real and if Winston is real, but also the other one was Browns and Texans mm-hmm. to see if Taylor can lead his team again and if the Browns can, you know, either they destroy them or it's close. It is one of those. And if if the if the Texans win again, we I had just so discounted them that I was only focused on the AFC South having uh, the Tennessee Titans to fight. Mm-hmm. Man, this could this could be ugly if the Texans somehow yeah. start looking really good and nobody expected it. I mean, because nobody expected it. And then my manure game, it's definitely, I couldn't find one like Matt, but it was definitely um, Broncos at Jaguars. The only way I would actually put this game on is if, like, maybe at halftime or something, the Jaguars are actually, like, up by 21 points or something, and Lawrence is having a good game, to see if Lawrence is actually doing really good in the second half. That's the only reason I put this game on. There you go. Good choice. Good choice. Brandon, what do you have for your three picks? Yeah, so I have a different marquee game and i i chose these teams because i think one of these teams is going to be a playoff team 
and it can go either way for which team is going to get maybe a seventh seed in the NFC for the playoffs from the NFC South, and that's going to be the Saints-Panthers. Uh-huh. Both of these teams are still kind of trying to find their identity. Uh, Sam Darnold looked really good last week against the Jets, but that was also the Jets. Yeah. And I'm just never going to doubt Sean Payton for anything. And so you just never leave the man out. And I think he can put up something pretty good. And one of those teams is going to be second in their division behind the Buccaneers. And one of those teams is going to get play six or seven in the NFC seeding for the playoffs. And that's the game I want to tune into to kind of see what's going to happen in the NFC South. That's why I'm going to tune into that. That's why it's my marquee game. Now we're going to go with my, my, oh, my game, which happened to be Matthew's marquee game, the Cowboys at chargers. Mm -hmm. And I think this is an interesting game. These are both teams that have it. Let's just say the past, I don't know, five seasons have just not been good. Right. They've been salvageable, but not good. They might be able to produce a playoff berth, but that's about it. Salvageable, not good. And now they both have two guys that are starting to click really well in their offenses under center. And I'm excited to see what's going to happen there. They both have killer offensive lines. The defense in the Chargers is definitely better than the defense in the Cowboys. So I think uh, Dak is going to have a bit tougher time throwing, but Dak's an amazing quarterback with amazing talent around him. So I don't think it's going to be that much of an issue. Yeah. Because who are you going to stop? Amari Cooper? Well, okay, throw it to Michael Gallup or CD Lamb. Right. And you'll be fine. Uh, and then the Chargers are just able to push everything down the field. And Justin Herbert kept his team in so many games last season with his arm. It was just amazing to watch. And I want to see if he can do it against the Cowboys. I know their defense isn't that great, but I'm not going to count out Justin Herbert for anything. And to wrap this whole thing up, my manure game, I'm also going to go with Matthew's prediction, the Falcons at Buccaneers. The Buccaneers have an awesome, an amazing offense and an amazing defense, and the Falcons can kind of put together an offense. Uh, them and Tom Brady don't have the best record playing against each other in big moments, 28-3. Uh, to three. <laughs> I, I think we all know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it's going to be a fun game to watch. If you got people on the Buccaneers offense for fantasy, yeah, tune in and see how well your fantasy team is going to soar over your opponent. But that's about the only reason I would tune in. All right, so there you go. You got three marquee games that you have to watch. You got three uh, manure games that you can just totally tune out and not worry about. And you got three my oh my games that you might want to turn on and see what happens. Hey, we're so thankful that you all could join us again today. It's going to get better from here. Don't forget to vote in those polls. See if you can beat us. And we'll see you next week for some football pandemic.